Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town, toddling town, Chicago, Chicago, I'll show you around. The corner was our magic, our music, our politics. Fires raised as tribal dances and war cries broke out of different quarters. Power to the people. Everything I learned there was European philosophy and thought. And at that time, it seemed like everything revolved around sex. Once you explain to them that they have been played, that even when they felt the most powerful, they were being, there was a puppeteer. In traditional Africa, you're an extension of mm -hmm, your mm -hmm. family, your yeah. ancestors. That's your identity. What does it mean to do Afro-centered? Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Sunnyside Podcast. I'm Jezerita, one of your hosts. I'm Nahez Menil. And I'm Casabez. Well, we have a really great episode today. We are excited to have Obari Cartman on the set, and he is going to really wow most of you. We've been dealing with Obari for a number of years, and he is one of the pillars in the psychological community sharing a lot of wisdoms, insights to help people deal with mental health challenges. We've been dealing with health for this past series, and we haven't really talked so much about the mental health component, but this will be really instrumental for us to get some footing under us in regards to the mental health aspects. Yeah, Obari, he's a psychologist, a doctor of psychology, but also he's a a very strong presence in the Afrocentric communities here in Chicago and also he's been active in the fields of wellness and mentorship especially of young men aside from being just a psychologist he also brings a lot of cultural awareness and experience and as with the premise of the show he's an activist anybody if you're on the south side of Chicago and you don't know Obari Cartman or haven't heard that name or haven't seen his face, maybe you just like being indoors and you're not out at the cultural events happening in south, south, south side of Chicago because he's out there. He's out there really trying to get his hands dirty in a lot of the programs and activities to bring solutions to some of the problems that we face and especially as young black males facing the streets of Chicago and you know, all of the temptations and traps in the Chicago streets. So it'll be good to speak with him to see what he has going on for any of the listeners who are young black males looking for things to get involved in or who know young men who can suggest things to get involved with. And one of the things that I'm very impressed with him, oftentimes when people get into professions and get degrees and popular, if you will, he stays very grounded in the local community. So his outreach is really trying to target inner city young people mm -hmm. who may not even have exposure to the programmings and the avenues that he opens up to them. So it's it's very 
heartwarming to see him staying very humbled in this in this field. For most of our listeners, it just dawned on me, for most of our listeners who are listening, who hear we're doing a series about health-related topics, and to get this far into the series and have not, we have not spoken about diet and, you know, what to eat to be healthy, that has to maybe come across as surprising or interesting to the common viewer or listener because generally in the West and in America, when we talk about health, you just talk about diet. And maybe it's just a result of, like we were saying, us being in the marketplace. That's what you're going to have to spend money on daily, what you're eating, what you're consuming. And so a lot of the conversations about health get get confined to what are we eating? Are we being vegetarian? Are we being vegan? Are we being pescatarian? Are we being fruitarian and all of the other tarians that are out there right now when really health is much more of a vast conversation and topic the reality is the human body is engineered to be able to take a lot of different foods because our body is engineered to be able to be in a lot of different types of climates a lot of different types of ecosystems and they all offer us different diets but it's not just like one particular diet everybody needs to have to be healthy all of that is superstitious and even if you heard last episode these people eat pork and all of that and it comes to contradict some of the superstitions you grew up on we're here to break those kind of superstitions and get to the real how does how do things work and how can we use the, the knowledge and information of how things work to find real solutions to better our health and to better our lives not to downplay the importance of diet though because diet is extremely important and a lot of the sicknesses that we see nowadays in our communities are a result of diet diet directly among other things definitely however today is not the day that we get to get into diet in depth but within the next few episodes i'm sure we'll come back with more information on diet and bring uh, another esteemed guest who will bring some information on diet as well um but yet it's not as cut and dry as how they put it and when it comes to you know some of the diet fads you'll notice that there's always a new diet fad coming up every couple of years someone else has wrote a book someone else came up with a different diet based on this or that or you got paleo diets and you got vegan diets and you got raw diets you know then like it becomes things that people can capitalize on writing a new book and then we become the test dummies for a new idea that hasn't really been tried exactly people have been eating for millions of years always and (laughs) always i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure we've been eating for a long time as a human collective humanity we're not breaking any new ground and eating right everybody had to do it right but it's like it's just the modern diets that have become so denatured that we've right. now come to have to question or feel like we have to reinvent the idea of what it means to eat to be healthy, Thank which you. is something that's already been researched and defined for many, what, hundreds of thousands of years, right. millions of years, whatever. However long humans have been on the planet exactly. having to survive. And I really bring it up just to make that point. Like, you can't make it so cut and dry on if I eat this meat or that meat or if I eat vegetables or only and meats on proteins only and no starches, all of that, you're getting into superstition, ideologies. ideologies. But you can make it cut and dry in the fact that 
you're either going to eat natural foods that came out of the earth that still have the composition and the equation that nature gives them or you're going to eat processed foods denatured foods and a lot of sickness is coming from denatured foods you can have a plant-based diet but all of it is processed and soy burgers and, and veggie cheese and all of this where everything is coming out of lab and it's no longer how it looked or in the equation it had when it came from the earth and it will still make you sick so you'd be better off eating chitlins so um, exactly you'd be better off eating any piece of the animal that still has nature in it so that's just the, the black and white or cut and dry point that i wanted to make about diet even though that's not what the show is about but it also leads us to our proverb because the proverb of the episode is also about food it's about food, and before I get into the actual proverb, I'm going to say that, I'm going to preface it by saying we, in this topic of psychology, already we recognize the importance of inter interconnectedness in humanity and wellness for the individual wellness. The interconnectedness really affects the individual wellness because, you know, when we come out the womb, we're totally dependent on our mothers, our parents, our families to take care of us. And we grow up and we somehow, nowadays, we think we, you know, turn 18 and we should be able to do everything for ourselves. Or, our, or maybe if we become parents and then our children turn 18 and we think they should be able to do everything for themselves and they should leave us alone, mm -hmm. you know. But the interconnectedness of humanity is a significant factor that really gives everyone a place in society that kind of, it's like a security. It's like, a, I don't know, just like a sense of belonging and the sense of, so yeah, I guess security is the right word. Mm -hmm. you know. It's very just necessary. We take things so out of context in this modern society that we live in. That's why we have to keep reinventing the wheel because everything that we're doing in the modern society is upside down, backwards, or really goes against the, the best interests of the human being and their survival. If you take a person and you isolate them and you keep them thinking that they're independent and they can survive alone it's just like you're setting up a trap for the person it's like who in this existence survives alone exactly. but when we even see like the pandemic when that came about everyone was isolated in their homes we see what the, how much destruction came out of that and we're still reaping those benefits or reaping the consequences of, of that type of destructive mentality to think that we can isolate ourselves and be alone and think that's somehow healthy. Yeah, so sustainable. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but, and so the proverb. Yes, the proverb is one person can eat beans and call gas on the whole village. Like the whole village will get gas. Yeah, the elders can eat beans and the children can farm. One person can eat beans and call gas on the whole village, which is, you know, important to keep in mind because when we're talking about psychological health, psychological healing, we often want to approach the world and present the world our ideas, so proud of our ideas, so attached to our ideas, when really our ideas are mainly made out of just what our elders that we came to exposed us to. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about the healing needed in, in 
on the psychological level amongst our community. You know, that's interconnected with the generations before us and the healing that we do will benefit the generations after us. It will either give them more gas or, you know, allow them to be a little less gassy at the table. So we got to get to work and I know our guest today will bring us a lot of information in terms of that and some resources. So I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to take responsibility for our actions and how that affects our whole community. Like not only just our, us ourselves and what we want right now, mm-hmm. but like how it will affect those around us. And I think, you know, psychologically, if we feel like other people are depending on us, that really gives us motivation. It gives us motivation to hold things together where nowadays people's phones are ringing during, you know, recording. It's because. So, uh, welcome, Obari. Welcome back to the Chicago Sunnyside podcast. Uh, This is our second interview. You guys will not see our first interview. <laughs> it's too explicit. Not so, yeah, it had to be not for the public. Yeah, too hot to handle. You're gonna see it on some of our exclusive content in sometime in the next ten years. Uh, Do y'all worry about being canceled? Does that cross your mind? No, not really. We are there topics that you avoid because they're too hot, too provocative. No, no. I'm hoping to get into some this evening. Yeah. Um, but are you worried about that? No, I'm not worried about it. I think about it, though. It crosses my mind. Yeah, no, we already talked about Gaza Strip. Yeah, 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 yeah. We actually, in our introduction to the show, Mm -hmm. said that we wouldn't be Mm -hmm. to our listeners. Mm -hmm. And we said that even if one community cancels us, hopefully another community will then pick Mm -hmm. us up. Just switch over to you, uh, what, Twitter? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Or, or, and if uh, we're too, we're too, uh, Truthful for X, yeah. we'll switch over to True Social. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, your favorite. No, I mean, you know, we have to be just cognizant of speaking intelligently, but we mm-hmm. don't try to, we don't try to skirt around mm-hmm. topics. Yeah. So, but we are happy to have you back. Yeah, no, it's good to be back. Um, Appreciate it. Thanks uh, for coming back, you know. Yeah, it's good. And uh, because you are such a, uh, key figure in the community in the south side of Chicago. Um, Obari Cartman is on the show today. He is a psychologist, uh, but you could explain it a little better for us than me. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I mean, psychologist is the easy term, right? Psychologist by training. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't really claim it, really. Like, uh-huh. I um, One of my Jagnas, um, Dr. Wade Nobles, is pushing us to resist the use of psychology and use Sakujeti, I think how's how you pronounce it. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of my some of my former training is PhD clinical psychology, um, mm-hmm. Georgia State. But everything I learned there was European philosophy and thought. Mm-hmm. And so the the field of study that I claim, black psychology, if anything. African-centered psychology, uh, more specifically, um, we are trying to move towards using labels that are fitting of the philosophy that we embody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we use psychology just so people understand what we mean. Mm-hmm. But the study of the mind is something that y'all know very well. It's 
much and older than Sigmund Freud. Most definitely. I was actually, after the last time you, was he, you were here, I was explaining to Casabes and Jesuito that I got into, uh, when I was in college, I majored in psychology, oh, okay. but then saw the way it was being presented yeah, with yeah, Sigmund yeah, Freud yeah. starting yeah. everything, and I was like, oh no, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. scared. Is this how everybody's mind is being yeah, handled? Yeah. So I can definitely feel that, but for just starting at the base, mm -hmm. what, is there a difference between mental health and psychological health? No, it's the same. And is there a difference between the way psych psychology, what's the main difference between the way psychological health is defined in the European context versus, mm -hmm. uh, what was the term you used? African Center. African Center, but what was the term? Psycho Psycho jetty. Psycho jetty. Um, Seekers of the Lord, oh. translates to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, the main difference I would say are the root of the understanding of being human mm -hmm. being ours mm -hmm. um, the context considering historical, social, political context and not just the individual functioning mm -hmm. um, and even with an emphasis on that huh? I'll say emphasis on that emphasis yeah. on historical context mm -hmm. if, if you think about even the diagnosing, the treatment, like the analysis of what is wrong and how to fix it, mm -hmm. has to consider the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if it just considers your a personal dysfunction, if you will, right, a, a depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. addiction, if you if the whole field is just trying to figure out what this one person did wrong and how you can fix that one person, mm -hmm. and then absolves the conditions they created the sickness mm -hmm. then we just spin in circles mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so how does modern psychology explain how a person gets mentally sick depressed or whatever chemical imbalance in the head but caused by if the environmental factor is considered it's usually the house mm -hmm. parents mm -hmm. mother oh, okay um, trauma in a house like neglect, a nuclear family nuclear family Huh. Yeah. So they don't even go as far as like school teachers, neighborhood, and all much. that. No. Huh. No, not too much. But what really alarmed me back in college, and I have to try to remember correctly because I got scared to the point where I wasn't psychologically stable mm -hmm. just to see how they studied the mind. Mm -hmm. And at that time, it seemed like everything revolved around sex. That's one of Freud's yeah. key theories, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That just seemed real. You know, some freaky shit that goes yeah, on. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's really, it, it, and it is scary mm -hmm. that the, the, the base of it is so rooted in some other people's way of being, their perversions, yeah. their exactly. preferences. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so many black people that just eat it up. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a system analysis also to understand what does it mean for us to be in a world where students got to go to school and get the degrees and get mm -hmm. licensed and use the insurance to Mm -hmm. do the work and then pay mortgages and pay car notes and right. all those things are rooted in right. a design that is built to maintain itself well, and so we point to the police we point to politicians but like all of the fields have to work in cahoots for mm -hmm. that to work psychology mm -hmm. is getting away with murder mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. a lot of violence with a lot of distortions um, because it's seen as feel good it's soft it's, right. you talk about emotions like psychology can be har harmful it's we try to help people, mm -hmm. um, but under the guise of healing, the mental health movement as it is 
contributing to the same violence that everybody, everything else, every yeah. other cog in this machine is. Which yeah. is, and it's wild because we so much uh, in the society focused on mental health and yeah, wellness, yeah. Uh, you know, and then the answer is go talk to your therapist. Mm. And like you said, it's rooted in these kind of way out mm-hmm. uh, theories or uh, analyses by people at some point in history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But and even know. now, even like, People would argue that the old Freudian sexual stuff is old, mm-hmm. and that right now there's a scientific rigor that is influencing what we think about for diagnosis and treatment. Mm-hmm. But even that, even what they consider to be science, mm-hmm. it's right. still a European understanding of, of how to count and measure mm-hmm. what they consider is a valuable, objective, mm-hmm. measurable, what's measurable, uh, and, yeah. and, 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 and what's, what is the definition of success based on that system. Mm-hmm. So measurable, you can need evidence-based program to show that I can do some psychological intervention that gets the kids to have better attendance, mm-hmm. right? Have better grades, which right. really just means cooperate. All right, don't, don't be disruptive in don't class. Be disruptive. Don't, don't, don't disrupt right. the program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So let's not spend too, too much time there because it's already making my head hurt. Because give you a pill for that. Because it's just <laughs> because it's just like uh, what is there to try to uh, contribute to better mental health is really a big component in the breakdown of mental health for the modern world because mm-hmm. it's coming from a system that went. It, you can't be mentally healthy to cross oceans to go dominate mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. no, yeah. there's no health in there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's move away from that and yeah, talk. But about then to still hold the authority, life to don't yeah, and enforce and it. Yeah. yeah, But I wanted to come back to mental health, and I wanted to come back to the way that you approached it and what interested you to want to study it, even to have to go and then because it sounds like you came through those African-centered psychologists, mm-hmm. Naeem Akbar, mm-hmm. Noble, and things like that. And then going into it for a professional career, mm-hmm. then you had to be exposed to the other side of it. But can you say, is that is that correct? Can you say No, that's fair. It was a simultaneous process. For a long time, they were separate. Mm-hmm. Right? I was, you know, I went to a black school, mm-hmm. learning for a Skinner. Yeah, yeah, no, I was, just, I. I was yeah. at Morehouse. Though. Yeah, yeah. I was in Morehouse recently. No, He's okay. still doing the same thing. Uh-huh. Right, same. Um, <laughs> no offense. Uh, anyway. yeah. <laughs> I was getting canceled by Morehouse. Right now. <laughs> no, I, um, so I went to, so the, the genuine interest was curiosity about people, just being fascinated by how people work, what motivates them, um, how to help. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a help seeker. I've always wanted to contribute something valuable and make people's lives better. Mm-hmm. So that was what got me uh-huh. into it. And, Psychology is a frame to do that. I took a senior year high school psychology class. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thinking about stuff, mm-hmm. just pondering. Like, that, that was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but my whole life, I had been raised in communities celebrating Kwanzaa's, playing drums, and so I had an African-centered upbringing. But it took me a while to really put those things together. Mm-hmm. Like, so even, you know, went to Hampton. Um, I did met, met a professor there, Dr. Reginald Jones, who put me on to the show grills, the... Linda James Myers, those African mm-hmm. centers of mm-hmm. folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and still didn't catch it, still really. It was at Georgia State. And I remember being a young professor as a student teaching. And I remember having to, I remember it was sort of a self imposed pressure to 
talk like a professor. Mm-hmm. I remember I had to put glasses on. I had mm-hmm. a fake wedding ring. <laughs> I was using the words. Like I was trying to like... Playing the part. Playing the part, mm-hmm. right. Um, and part of the, the grad school process is a hazing to make you think that you got to do that mm-hmm. to succeed. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't have good balance, then you will let them think that it's not just a game to play, but that's yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it took me a while. It took me really postgraduate school, post-PhD, to really be in communities doing work and bumping into the discrepancies. It was being like, this ain't working. Like, was there a here. particular moment you can remember or just gradually? It's gradually, mm-hmm. right? It just, it just, because I think that the, a lot of people have the sense, and people are using language now about decolonizing mental health. Mm-hmm. So you, it's, it's a more popular idea right. than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, across the, the board, too. Yeah, across the board, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and what's, what's beautiful about the African Center movement is that is what they have always been. Mm-hmm. And so the decolonizing assumes that we can take a thing as is and wash it up and clean it up. Mm-hmm. The African Center folks said it, it was never like, it's too rotten to even repair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we just got to have our own thing right. and not even try to fix theirs. Right. Right. Um, and so a lot of people who are talking decolonization are going back to things that people who've been talking African Center have been working on for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, we always had the ideas, the mm-hmm. sense that this is wrong. It always felt uncomfortable. And we always, always clear that this ain't <laughs> it. But then it wasn't a lot of practical <laughs> models to work from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like there's no interventions that I can use, certainly in like systems where I can say I can go to a school and present, this mm-hmm. is the model of Naeem Akbar right. to do therapy. This is the seven week process to go through a thing. Right. Um, so we all still just depended upon cognitive behavior mm-hmm. therapy, like the stuff that has the evidence base, the stuff that they pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really the practical dilemma is like, how do I practice? How do I live this? Mm-hmm. Knowing it's wrong, having Bobby Wright in my head, having Kobe Campbell in my head, but still having to go to work. Yeah. Um, so over time, I've just developed the courage, the innovation, the community to really make in practice what does it mean to do African-centered psychology mm-hmm. in the room mm-hmm. in the school in the house whatever it is mm-hmm. so what have you seen <clears throat> have been some approaches to mental health that have worked for you in your direct practice and your direct experience that have diverged from the conventional yeah uh, way of going about it um and so the way my life sort of folded together was grew up playing drums but never had that as a part of my therapeutic intervention and you know, I, don't know if, I don't know if it was a moment I don't know if I saw a thing but um, there's group therapy we sit in a circle talking mm-hmm. and then there's drum circles mm-hmm. that we're sitting and drumming mm-hmm. like why why not make them the same thing mm-hmm. um, so it's those kind of things yeah. it's like yeah, it's I remember we were doing that at the manifest mm-hmm. group circles and mm-hmm. had, uh, mm-hmm. um, and those work those work mm-hmm. so I could put a flyer out and say hey guys come talk about your feelings for an hour mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody shows up. But if I say drum circle, if I say, uh-huh. um, let's come play spades, if I uh-huh. say, let's go do some movement, um, but there's things that draw people. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's really art, culture, music, drum dance, hip hop, those kind of things that we do naturally and adding a, a healing element to it, mm-hmm. a healing intention mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're drumming and then sort of having the description of why we're drumming. Uh, what we get out of the physical process of drumming, the spiritual portal that we connect to, mm-hmm. and then just the, the opportunity to now look other brothers face to face and 
ask questions, have mm-hmm. conversations, mm-hmm. Uh, put your frustrations in the drum, take your anger out on drum, use drums for calm, use drums for meditation, um, and, and also interchange with the rhythm and the, the, the conversation. Uh, all that has been much more useful than any group therapy model that I've done yeah. otherwise. Interesting, because it really speaks to that interest that originally brought you. You mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. wanted to mm-hmm. serve. Yeah, Because what I hear and what you're saying is that once you got the education in the kind of the sterile education from mm-hmm. the from the universities, then to take it into the community and make it practical, if you really wanted to serve the people you're dealing with yeah. and have it be helpful, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you can't just play the part mm-hmm. and be the professional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to actually do what you you have to do what's gonna help them and yeah. to do what's gonna help them and to to have them come to get it, yeah. you have to speak the language that society speaking. Yeah, yeah. And that's what yeah. I hear you saying. Yeah, for sure. Because people are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And we've set up the hierarchy of the degrees in the universities to right. make people feel like they don't have the expertise. Mm-hmm. And so they would go along with what it is. Yeah. You know, the doctor gives me a, a privilege yeah. to be able to say, no, this is what healing looks like. Mm-hmm. And, and they can say, no, that don't feel good to me. And I can say, no. This is it. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Trust, Trust the process. Trust the process. We go along with it. Or just go suffer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that co- collaborative connection to really like, what is it really helpful? Yeah. Is a different question than what do I make money doing? Exactly. Right. What mm-hmm. do I get status doing? Oh, how can I like use my power over? Right. Because a lot of people get off on, on that. It's yeah, definitely. No, I'm, not, I'm the expert. They life is in shambles. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, they get to shine with the the dominance that their degree has put them in a position to mm-hmm. take advantage of. Mm-hmm. That, that same lack of mental health trying to bring mental mm-hmm. health that's right. again. But that, that's really powerful because it led you right back to the drum, mm-hmm. which is really, mm-hmm. even in coming from traditional Africa, that's where healing starts. That's yeah. where spirituality starts. Yeah. Um, and you said you grew up with the drum. Uh, can you explain that? Because we know here in Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, somebody know your family here in Chicago. Yeah, so. yeah. So it's, it's, you... it's my parents. My dad, he had to be late teens, early 20s. And it was a time in the in the country where mm-hmm. people were trying to ask these questions. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what is this about for real? Mm-hmm. My dad changed his name from Tony to Tybiti. Mm-hmm. Um, he started to eat cleaner. He started to wear... Rashikis, he probably do his hair. He says the whole thing. So he was a part of that movement. And mm-hmm. so he, I, I was born into it. Like I was a, a recipient of an environment that mm-hmm. was trying to figure out who we are. Mm-hmm. Went to an African Center School, uh, Newcastle Development Center, started by Haki Marabudi. So mm-hmm. uh, went to their drumming with a, a live dance theater. Uh, so it was just, I, it was, it was like breathing to me. It was like, wow, yeah. just, that's what we did. Which is really another profound thing that you mentioned is just that in African-centered psychology, you have to consider the family. You have to consider mm-hmm. the community because in traditional Africa, you're an extension of mm-hmm. your family, your yeah. ancestors. That's your identity. So mm-hmm. how can you then go trying to heal that without mm-hmm. considering mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Powerful, yes. Um, any, um, but you you also come from a big family, right? Yes, my um, dad had eight kids. My father had, my grandfather had um, Alfred Cartman had twenty two kids, mm. and so we strong knit. We always had gatherings. I was always around a bunch of people who I trusted, I felt safe with, and knew were 
influential in their own different ways. Mm. Um, so I always felt like because I was a cartman, I had mm. a destiny, I had something mm. important to do, to and I had the, the safety net to do it in. Yeah. The cartman clans real. We have we got organized. We got a song. We got shirts. We have you know conventions. We used to camps. Like it was a, a organ. My family was organized mm -hmm. in a way that um, a lot of the the chaos of the trauma that we've experienced here has made families bickery and a lot yeah. of conflict and tension. And that, I'm, I'm sure it was happening, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, but they were smart enough to, to protect the children from that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What we saw was after the fight, whatever meeting they was having, they came together and then they brought yeah, the children exactly. into spaces mm -hmm. to teach, to learn, to play. Not just to protect the children from it, but to overcome it and to still overcome have it. some sure. organization right. and still right. have some communication because sure. that just dies in other mm -hmm. families. Mm -hmm. And then it's just mm -hmm. like individuals connected mm -hmm. by name, little yeah. else. Uh, what do you think helped them with that? Where it was on your, at the level of your grandfather, he also took an African-centered approach, was interested in that? Or? He was definitely interested in doing things different. Um, I don't know if you would call it African-centered. He got into sort of some Hebrew stuff and mm. maybe he was starting stuff from the Moors and just dibbling that. But he was, he was a secret. Mm -hmm. He was for sure a secret. Mm -hmm. um, and so my father was influenced by him and extended it. And I'm influenced and extended it. And so um, I think it was always a person that could see the bigger picture. And so my father was one of those people. He yeah. would bring the family together when they were divided. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather was that too. So he wasn't just buying a bunch of babies and having them spread. Yeah. It's like, no, this is, we building a kingdom. Mm -hmm. This is, this is a, a thing. It's not just right. random. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think it was that. I think it was just the visionary influence of a few of the family members who would put it out there and then everybody else would be like, okay, now I see that. Mm. Okay, That's that. gotta be good for the psychology or the mental health of the children and mm. the family mm -hmm. members mm -hmm. as well, too. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. For sure. In, um, in uh, our learning about the African family tree, mm. what our teacher would say, Master Nava, he would always say, like, you don't just have one mother, one father, mm. who you have to make sure you're not disappointing. Like mm -hmm. you have, you have multiple. Anyone who's like the brother of your father is also considered a father. Mm -hmm. They have this, their word carries the same weight. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you might even be more scared of mm -hmm. your father's brother than you are your father, because your father might have a soft spot mm -hmm. for you, mm -hmm. but your father's brother will be the one to tell you what you need to hear. Mm -hmm. So you have like all these people who you have to make sure you're that you're living up to their standard, mm -hmm. you're living up mm -hmm. to uh, uh, expectations. Yeah. yeah. And then not only that, of course, uh, the more that kind of spreads into a community thing, mm -hmm. when it's not just a family, but it's a community and everybody, everybody on your block knows you, mm -hmm. everybody mm -hmm. out in your village knows you or what have you, uh, then it'll be harder for you to go astray because mm -hmm. you don't really have a lot of wiggle room to go and do something off where nobody sees you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we can. My dream for that isn't. Like, I mean, I'm a father. You know, not got And I think about trying to parent in a way where my children know that they do have a village to be accountable for, uncles yeah. and cousins, and not a lot of room to like just do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. um, but not it always be guided by do right. To, because you should be afraid of getting trouble mm -hmm. by the people around, but these people around will also, also catch you, protecting you, and they'll save you, mm -hmm. they'll support you, mm -hmm. they'll nourish you, mm -hmm. they'll give you 
the, the, the help to cultivate those things that they see in you that I might not be, be able to see. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so that's what I think that's the true power of the village, the families that right. you got a lot of eyes and ears to just to help reinforce, to help push, to help correct, mm -hmm. but also to help like hold and yeah, just, just support care for yeah. so that they know that they're not isolated. Oh, right. And now that you are now trying to bring that, you benefited from that on a mental health level, right? Mm -hmm. Now that you're trying to bring that. Uh, improve mental health to the community. What are some of the main things, especially the black community here in Chicago, really suffering from? Isolation, mm -hmm. I can see, is a big thing around all of yeah. the United States, but yeah. is there anything else that you really see as a Man, major? it's all of it. Um, isolation, the, the lots of levels of trauma, mm -hmm. of neglect, abuse, um, mm -hmm. sexual, physical, emotional, uh, I hear a lot of stories of people who have just been down and wrong by people they care for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but in all of it, I attribute to just the social historical conditions that have perpetuated a level of insanity mm -hmm. under the guise of success mm -hmm. that I see a lot of people still reaching for, mm -hmm. working for, and investing in to our own detriment. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of what is the poison in black communities has been sold to us, marketed to us as health. It's made to taste good, like mm -hmm. it's like sugar. Mm -hmm. like literally, like, like, literally like sugar. Like yeah. Destroying you slowly, mm -hmm. but it tastes good. So mm -hmm. music is like that, the social scenes can be like that, the technology can be like that. Um, all of it can be used for elevation, um, but we are taught it in a way, and it's been introduced to us in a way that we have to protect ourselves from just living the day-to-day -day life of yes. working and being just breathing the air and drinking water. Mm. All of those things, I think, influence the chaos of relationships and communication and trust and all those things that become the breakdown of a fabric of a community that could support itself if it wasn't under attack mm -hmm. constantly. But it's, it's interesting because it's clear what you're saying. But this notion of isolation, this notion of community support, this notion of a village and understanding that we're each the extension of a family, of a village, because trauma is life. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. every continent, mm -hmm. every lifespan, you're gonna face some challenges, some yeah. difficulty, even maybe to the point of where you're gonna use words like trauma. Mm -hmm. Not many people are gonna get away from that. Mm -hmm. But if they have a support system that helps them process it, that helps mm -hmm. them get through it, that supports mm -hmm. them while they're going through it, mm -hmm. trauma for one becomes a strength later, mm -hmm. while trauma for mm -hmm. another that's in isolation is just like, has broken that person down. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so the isolation part is so grave and you can see that uh, Af African-centered is such a good way to approach it because you look at the continent of Africa where some of the most heinous traumas have happened in addition to then those that were taken from Africa and mm -hmm. what they suffer from here. But there you see that family unit really stay much more intact mm -hmm. than, it, than it happened over here. Mm -hmm. But then a lot of times you'll meet people from uh, 
the continent of Africa, you'll meet people from village life, and they'll just be like the happiest people mm-hmm. that you ever met, and like yeah. so stable. But you come, but for people in the West, they're like, but you coming from a place with mm-hmm. poverty, you mm-hmm. coming from mm-hmm. a place with hunger. Mm-hmm. Like, how does it add up? Mm-hmm. But that's really a key component that I see, a key factor in the, in the fact that they have these large support systems. They have these. Some people, like even the founder of the Earth Center, Masanova. You ask him how many siblings do you have, and he says uh, about ten thousand, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of the way they keep the bloodline and the structure. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all of them are considered siblings at his generation, with in his with the blood that he shares, mm-hmm. and with that kind of family system, the autonomy it offers, the the place of belonging that it offers mm-hmm. is huge for the mind and the mm-hmm. mental stability mm-hmm. and in the west especially in in the west for everybody because everybody over here has been colonized whether mm-hmm. they like to admit it or identify it or not but specifically black americans who are coming out of the era of enslavement and colonization after that you that's what's lacking mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i'd just like to commend your father your grandfather mm-hmm. for having that vision to have that vision and ignore all of the talk about polygamy mm-hmm. that is is wrong and all of this and understanding that no that's how you build a nation mm-hmm. that's how you build mm-hmm. healthy children like it'll be about me and the mom's feelings or it'll be about mm-hmm. the health mm-hmm. of the child and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. you know that's mm-hmm. very visionary yeah i want to um go back to this idea of trauma you're saying something that i want to make sure we are at least exploring the distinctions of Mm -hmm. I agree completely life by its nature is stressful Mm -hmm. you have to overcome challenges like the birth process is painful Mm -hmm. everything about it Mm -hmm. Um, and and I don't want myself or my children to have easy life full of comfort the the stuff that I've appreciated the most that I've learned the most from have been the struggles Mm -hmm. and so we are we do need to make it to have more conversations about two things one relative trauma for sure because mm-hmm. um, I do have meet people that get their they car broken into mm-hmm. and then they yeah, just they're, they're they're traumatized, traumatized right. Yeah. right um I, I and I don't work with the people that like lose lip gloss and they trauma but they're those too <laughs> yeah. I don't know I don't need that but I hear, I hear stories about <laughs> right. therapists who can yeah. Yeah. flat tires definitely become overused flat yeah, tires yeah, yeah, yeah. trauma um, tires yeah. And so there's a traumatic event that can happen that yeah. can be prepared, corrected, mm-hmm. and then you could be stronger because of it. But what I hear often is prolonged yeah. traumatic experiences without support, mm-hmm. with isolation, without, without remediation, without remediation mm-hmm. um, and then you just walk with the limp. Mm-hmm. Kind of just you think that is normal. Yeah. That yeah. is this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's a lot of black people in this city that think we live like this. Yeah. It's the yeah. violence. And, and then you pass it on to the next you person. You pass it on to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. children and your significant friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Relationships, yeah. Uh, partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Which is the other side of what we were talking about earlier is that psychology and the European-centric psychological 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 underst- or understanding of the psychological field is just a part of a bigger system mm-hmm. that's just very successful and good at destroying the individual mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. when you isolate of the individual and now the individual understands family to be household mm-hmm. that's right, right then they're isolated mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. that's the thing about monogamy monogamy if especially black americans understand that the one that gave us monogamy as a system because before it was just marriage, mm-hmm. and you marry as many people as you can take responsibility for and still be stable enough to keep going. Mm-hmm. 
But now to give a system under law of monogamy, that's a system that's trying to destroy you by mm-hmm. isolating mm-hmm. you. Because mm-hmm. now you can't build beyond that. Mm-hmm. That really, that part is really what just I keep seeing to have to come back to because now people are able to live under that kind of trauma because they're isolated, because they see, okay, it's just my household. And now when I'm growing up, without anybody else besides a mom and a dad and most often besides a mom Mm. i inherit all of her bad habits Mm. i inherit all of her wrong ways of looking at things Mm. i inherit all of those things where if i had more than one mom i at least get another perspective Mm. if i had a father in the house i at least get another perspective Mm. if i had father in the house and then another man that calls that I call father because my father's brother and and more and more Mm -hmm. then I get saved from just following in the bad habits and the bad characteristics which we all have I'm Mm -hmm. not picking on any single mom I I get away from just absorbing all of them from one person the isolation piece is just a big thing in in the mental breakdown of the mental health this got really interesting as you were describing it so there's another dad in the house too. Are we? It might be a village. Of, they might be next door, or down the street. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, saying yeah. just as he was talking about a father and his father's brother. Like an uncle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I struggle with that. I don't know. I was, I was, as I, I was thinking as you were describing it about the model, and I'm not disagreeing with what you're describing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can disagree too. I won't cancel you. No, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. If I do, I absolutely will. Um, so I'm not disagreeing yet. Depends on how you respond to what I said. I um, one of the things that I I struggle with is the model, the framework, polygamy, monogamy, polygyny. People using different stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, being the thing that saves us, or if there's other things within that mm-hmm. principles values, practices, protocol, that those become the things, whether you got one woman or one man or multiple, Mm -hmm. that we need to identify, teach, Mm -hmm. and as a community sort of support. Mm -hmm. Because I see monogamy and polygamy done Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen trauma in all the different circumstances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you just have people who's just out here screwing. And and then a woman can have five different... uh, baby mamas a mm-hmm. man can have ten women could have five different baby days a mm-hmm. man can have ten different di- baby mamas and they they look kids is just running around everywhere mm-hmm. so yeah. it's, it's definitely not even a monogamy model in most of our neighborhoods right, right 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 yeah and definitely that you know it wasn't the point was not necessarily about polygamy the point was about isolation versus community mm-hmm. because a person can be um what would you call it undisciplined uncontrolled Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, have many mm -hmm. babies mommies or many babies daddies and not done with any kind of order or organization Mm -hmm, those children mm -hmm. will still be isolated yeah Mm -hmm. so it's not that that wasn't the point but definitely good good uh clarification yeah yeah. i I wanted to come back to something we were just talking about in terms of trauma because you're right that there's levels of trauma and Mm -hmm. some people i was i i have a friend who uh was working at a health food store and Mm -hmm. um some crazy person came breaking out the windows and they mm-hmm. thought someone was shooting and they you know they thought it might be an active shooter or whatever mm-hmm. turns out it was just a crazy person with a hammer breaking the window nobody ended up getting hurt mm-hmm. uh but a day later or whatever she said she was traumatized mm-hmm. you know 
Okay, but there's a difference between you being traumatized by that by being scared versus if there's people who have actually been in active shooter situations mm-hmm. may have gotten shot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? May have seen people killed in front of them. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different level. So there's like levels of trauma and very real trauma that's happening in our communities. And then... Um, if she's listening right now, she traumatized again. No, you just re-traumatized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's the last time I'm telling you. I'm not, I'm not going to say the names, but sorry, y'all. You know, I didn't mean to use you as an example, but it just happened to be perfect. <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say is, well, traumas, the type of trauma that we experience in now, uh, we can say our communities, because you were talking about Africa and people suffering traumas in Africa, but we don't even have to go as far as pre-slavery even if mm. you can go to Jim Crow era you can go to um, the post-slavery reformation era and all of that and there's a lot of uh, mm-hmm. traumas that our people suffered mm-hmm. during those times mm-hmm. but there was also still like a level of community solidarity mm-hmm. and I think that we have to know how to separate the trauma from the response mm-hmm. like because traumas happen and we're not trying to say that it's okay that it happens mm-hmm. and that trauma can keep being trauma yeah. we can keep allowing our people to be traumatized and accept that to be the reality and then we just need to think about how do we try to stay happy in the middle mm-hmm. of all that. we don't want to be insensitive but at the same time um we have to be realistic that mm-hmm. you know that there's some level of things that's going to go wrong regardless yeah. and that you can't always control external circumstances that's being imposed on you by outside forces mm-hmm. like ex- uh a war could kick off, World War Three could mm-hmm. kick off any moment, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. whatever might happen, and then... Uh, it seemingly has gonna, for some people. We're going to be, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we're going to yeah. be going through some things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I think that right now, what I see has been a real problem with all this talk about mental health is that people are taking the attitude like things are not supposed to go wrong in their life, mm-hmm. and it's a problem mm-hmm. that something bad happens mm-hmm. But somebody hurts their feelings, right? The worst part, and it's getting so yeah, it's it's getting to a point where it's more and more, uh, we becoming more and more sensitized to every Mm -hmm. little thing. So now, even now, just words can be considered harmful. Mm -hmm. I just woke up in my email box and said, YouTube it took taking down a video that I recorded like probably three years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, because it had uh medical misinformation in it. Mm-hmm. and so now words can be considered harm mm-hmm. you can even be you know you can be deplatformed and you can see yeah. even instances where people are now going to jail mm-hmm. because yeah. of things yeah. that they say or media that they're putting out yeah which you know is like you were saying everything has become about sweetness and mm-hmm. how we feel about things uh, and it just seems to come right back around by perpetuating assistance with mental health by bringing in uh, a weakening of mental health because mm-hmm. in order because to educate people to base their life off of their feelings is already destroying their mental mm-hmm. health mm-hmm. their mental stability yeah. um, but what does then come to help which is what I hear from you is that yes these traumas are are there real traumas and maybe uh over embellished traumas whatever make the case may be but what the solution needs to be is going back to what we've seen work mm-hmm. and that's just what it is mm-hmm. community works mm-hmm. the having support works mm-hmm. uh the drum and mm-hmm. dance uh really the science of the drum and dance works mm-hmm. 
plants. We don't plant for Plants work, mm-hmm. you know. All of those things yeah. work. So living outside, spending time outside Sun, works. Uh, yeah. yeah, oxygen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some is water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. pretty simple, basically. Right. So that if any of you have heard of Obari or maybe you've seen his face, that's what Obari uh, invested in around the community. You see uh, him organizing events, hosting events, and frequenting events, frequenting events, having bringing those things that work back to the south side of Chicago, uh, and drum circles and. Uh, uh, meditations mm-hmm. and things like that. Is can you speak to what you might have going on? Um, I wanted to say something real quick about what you're saying, kind of based, and then I'll go sure. back to that. I um, just I just wanted to point to what again what I feel like is the most important thing to focus on in this moment around mm-hmm. the use of words and mm-hmm. the danger and sensitivity mm-hmm. um, because there are instances. And I was, as you're talking, I was trying to think about what are the instances when words are harmful mm-hmm. and someone can give misinformation and distortions mm-hmm. um, and I think the things it, people you know you talk about the reputation I have depending on who you talk to mm-hmm. somebody would use words to defame me mm-hmm. because of things they've heard mm-hmm. um, and, and as I've had to learn how to experience what difference does it make that people can say whatever they want and people will hear it and believe it and, you know that's what it is mm-hmm. um, versus someone having the power to stop me Mm. or to disrupt my life mm-hmm. and I think that as a community I think that's what makes the difference between your YouTube channel mm. and you saying something that might be considered alternative mm-hmm. that the medical industry might say is not founded in evidence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that medical industry having the power to produce the marketing the, the medication the diagnosis the facilities and so it's really a power difference. Mm-hmm. Right? And then even the influence to have you shut down on YouTube. And the influence. That's a power. That's a power, power thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? So Trump in position mm-hmm. saying the things that he said is very different than the guy in the barbershop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saying the contrary things, saying the truth, whatever it is, the institutional power to take your words and influence, harm, Right, that's a different thing that we we not we nowhere near that. Right. Yeah. Right, we still just talk shit. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, so I think we need to be careful amongst us to use our words more carefully to yeah, manifest power, definitely. but also to do the work to build and to brick by brick and to community by community, mm-hmm. cultivate the kind of power that we need to be able to say what we want to say and bring the healing that we need. We're so busy fighting each other and using mm-hmm. words to bring each other down. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, exactly. words are powerful for sure. Yeah, That's yeah. the whole purpose of this platform. We're not doing mm-hmm. nothing but sitting mm-hmm. up here talking, but yeah, hopefully yeah. those words can be something yeah. beneficial yeah. to people. Yeah. And even a large part of what we're talking about is the miseducation that has led us somewhere else. Definitely, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Do we just? I, I just hope we. It, it's become to a point where you say something that somebody doesn't agree with, but mm-hmm. they don't like you anymore. You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the whole uh, social media thing is okay. I can just unprint whatever mm-hmm, I want mm-hmm. to. It's like you know, this right. is real life, man. And now you just got people that agree with you, right. scrolling all day. You right. think that's the only worldview that you see? It's just right. this singular perspective mm-hmm. right so that's more so where, where i was going no, yeah, i definitely yeah, yeah. agree about the power of words and the importance of choosing our words wisely because mm-hmm. i think we do uh have a tendency to undervalue mm-hmm. the power of our own influence mm-hmm. the, our mm-hmm. own ability to affect the world like we mm-hmm. think like whatever if i'm walking around angry all the time it shouldn't bother anybody mm-hmm. you know if i'm walking around saying you know crazy crazy shit mm-hmm. you know or 
speaking without thinking mm-hmm. or that no one's that it's my business that I'm mm-hmm. I, that's also very irresponsible mm-hmm. because you Freedom know speech and know, yeah because we have we do have an impact on our surroundings yeah, yeah, yeah. and we should take that responsibility but on the other side everyone should I mean it should be understood that we're all human mm-hmm. you know and we're gonna say something wrong from time to time mm-hmm. we're gonna speak out of uh, out of emotion or impulse sometimes mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. might say the wrong thing uh, purposely um, or by accident mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that people should be uh, given some grace you mm-hmm, know what mm-hmm, I mean mm-hmm, like you mm-hmm. shouldn't just be so quick to say you know okay you're you're a horrible person because yeah, 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 yeah. of whatever you're thinking or whatever your world we have too much of that yeah um, okay. whichever side of the political social spectrum that you're talking about i think it's become an accurate ep- epidemic mm-hmm. of just being judgmental without thinking about how we can help each other as humanity mm-hmm. 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 well back to your question so the stuff i'm doing i um you know anytime i can try to find a space and I like to go to a lot of events. I get to meet a lot of people, artists, practitioners, yoga instructors, meditation folks. Mm-hmm. And if I can bring them together mm-hmm. and then create unique opportunities to just experience healing in a indigenous, sort of uh, uh, pure way mm-hmm. and bring community together. Like it, so it looks very different, but that's yeah. always the thing. The yeah. thing is, how do we use culture to put medicine back into community spaces mm-hmm. and have, have it accessible for people that are looking for something. Mm-hmm. Um, so like this coming Sunday, we're doing an event. Um, we're having drums, we're doing comedic yoga, meditation, sound bowls, uh, African dance, playing Fela music with djembe on top of it, and then just like a free flow and space where people can just come release whatever they've been holding for the year. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it saying it's not a party, right? It's don't worry about wearing the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be a no dance contest. Like if you gonna move how you wanna move, whatever your body's calling for the moment. But it looks stupid and silly, whatever it'll be like just we wanna create spaces where you can just come be Maybe free. Because we're talking a lot about Sounds like um, a place for me. <laughs> no, you definitely did. I saw you dance yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to not care. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. We will show some clips because it does not care. Yeah, put the edit that in there. I want everybody to come in and like be on your own stuff. Like, folks, don't be worried about what, what people are thinking about you. Mm-hmm. You in there, you worried about releasing your own thing. Yeah. Um, so those are kind of things. We do a weekly uh, men's yoga, um, black mm-hmm. studio, South Shore Studio Yogi. Um, I do a lot of work with young people using hip hop to create critical conversations, critical mm-hmm. thinking opportunities, mm-hmm. um, develop emotional intelligence and language um, using music artists that they know, and but finding a song that is talking about something real, or using the sort of the understanding of the industry to help point to the poison inside mm-hmm. of what sounds fun to them and yeah. just. Just opening the floor, having a conversation. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. What you listen to? Why you like that? What is he saying? Printing lyrics out. Yeah. Then saying, have you heard this song? What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. How does that feel? What does the frequency do, do to you? What does it mean? It's really interesting talking to young people these days about what soundtrack they select, to what power they feel like they have, mm-hmm. and what they like and what they ingested. Mm-hmm. And then how they, as they get older, how they can use music, sound, food, whatever it is, to curate an experience that they want 
And so it'd be real simple stuff. Like, if you want to go to sleep, what, who are you listen to? Mm -hmm. And they, don't have, they have such a limited range of artists, mm -hmm. right? Like, when you, when you want to make love to a woman, right? I know mm -hmm. you're doing it. Mm -hmm. what, what do you put on to set the mood, mm -hmm. right? They struggle to find, yeah. right? They ain't got Sade's and Anita Bakers. They ain't got, like, a, a playlist. <laughs> they didn't make it mixtapes and send them to the, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the romance, the tenderness is... Yeah, it's not, it's not there. showing up in the, their, their soundtracks. Mm -hmm. um, so I use music. Mm -hmm. I use, they're not always going to do the drums, right? But I play, bring speakers. And, the language they speak. So I use the language mm -hmm. they speak. Mm -hmm. um, so I do a lot of programs like that, just trying to think about how to connect with people where they're at and then how to add a level of intentional elevation, healing, release, restoration, um, advancement to just the day-to-day -day lived experiences. And are those with both male men and women i prefer you... working with men um for a lot of stuff but if it's just a community thing like a, yeah. a fake life party it's for everybody uh -huh. but I don't, I don't like curate curriculum for women uh -huh. i don't touch it uh -huh. and you also wrote a, a book about i wrote a book um ladies man conversations for young black men about manhood relationships um I had changed the cover. The, front, the old cover, it was this was the image that's on the front. Uh, me and my five ladies. sisters. Um, so the, the play on word is the the ladies man is in like the, I spell it different. Uh, L a d y s l a d y apostrophe s to say yeah, I had to talk about sort of my transition from how I socialized. The, the traditional ladies man, you collect women, you do what you want with them, and then just discard them when you finish. Mm -hmm. To at some point in my twenties, realizing that my five sisters are going to be to say I love them means to contribute to the conversation that other men might be having that could be potentially suiting them mm -hmm. at some point, suiting them at some point. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm out here doing this ladies man thing, um, and having no connection to how men think about relationships, mm -hmm. then it's hard to still say I love my sisters. Mm -hmm. Right, the thing I, I'm doing something to somebody else's sister mm -hmm. is going to some other man's going to do to my sister, and I can't be mad at him if I have given him permission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so the example, the example, the model, all that. So the book was about about that sort of transformation, that the things I had to unlearn and relearn, and uh, conversations I've been having with young men about just manhood development and integrity and discipline and health and politics, all that kind of stuff. All of us put it to one place. And where is it available? Uh, my website, uh, drobaricartman.com. I was very deliberate about not having no white people touch it. Mm -hmm. And to my detriment. Because it was out, and people would ask me where I get the book. Uh -huh. And they would, you know, they would go right to Amazon. As soon as you can't find it on Amazon, people stop. Like, mm -hmm. They don't even. Yeah. And I'll say you can get it from a website. They're like, no, I don't trust a black website mm -hmm. to put my credit card information to. Mm -hmm. Right? So I lose uh -huh. customers mm -hmm. because people don't trust black infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Um... But yeah, black bookstores, it's only been in black spaces. Mm -hmm. I've never like I've never tried to go and get a published a white company to put their name on it. Mm -hmm. So I saw uh your boy Todd Nahisi Coates uh <laughs> Coates, yeah. On uh what's it called? Uh one of those equalizer movies. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's dope. He was he was introducing it to a young boy he was mentoring. I know you're talking about I didn't see that. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that. Yeah. yeah. And so that kind of platform. Yeah. And it's a difficult dilemma. Like it's I think that we I think we sometimes get too comfortable, and I say we, those of us that have the medicine, that have ideas, that have things that need to be seen and heard, mm. podcasts, guests. I, 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 I want people 
that have something valuable to say to have big audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we get comfortable saying, if I can just touch one person at a mm-hmm. time. Yes. But we up against opposition that's saying, let me yeah. get thousands, yeah. billions yeah. at a time. Let me not even touch a billion at a time. And not even playing fair. They yeah, yeah, right, sure right. they can. So I do think about reach and mm-hmm. impact. It's, it's, it was a dilemma. It mm-hmm. still is yeah. to think about how to stay black and stay and have an integrity of the process or go a Ta-Nehisi route. I was with Tadahisi's father a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he prints my Tadahisi's father prints my books. Oh, okay. So he has a uh, he's father Paul Holt started um, Black Classic Press, mm-hmm. printing old sort of classic black books. Okay. And he has a printing company, mm-hmm. uh, Black BCP Digital, that has always been my printer. They're the only black printer in the country. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so based in Baltimore, so I was going to Baltimore to do a talk. And so I picked up, I went to, to see the facilities. And so we were riding around just talking. And, and I mentioned Ta-Nehisi. I'm just curious. I, and I've talked some shit in the past about Ta-Nehisi not going through his father uh-huh. and not using his platform to elevate his father. And, and, and Baba Paul told me out of his mouth that he encouraged him to go that route. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he saw sort of a gift that he had, mm-hmm. that he knew that he didn't have the infrastructure to mm-hmm. produce mm-hmm. in a way that he deserved the reach of. Mm-hmm. And so I feel bad for just talking shit. Yeah. Like your daddy, I'm saying, why you know your daddy? He kind of slided it back as you. He was like, because he got a gift that I, yeah, can't, yeah, I yeah. can't support, but let me see, let me, let me get yours on the show. I didn't even interpret it that way. That's <laughs> That's your special way. That's special way, right? Yeah. <laughs> I always trying to find a thing. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. The compromises and inherently compromised trying to get the word out. I think it's a very real dilemma that we all deal with on so many different levels, just mm-hmm. dealing with supply chain of our different needs. Yeah. What well, we eat every day. Yeah, our right. clothes. Right. Right. We were talking about garb and all of this, like some a lot of those fabrics probably mm-hmm. made in China right. or right. Belgium or in different mm-hmm. in different factories that uh in any way our people don't have the means mm-hmm. to produce. Mm-hmm. The factories even mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. the fabric that we're making our clothes with. So right. We have a lot of these type of issues of uh, kind of not having the means mm-hmm. to produce uh, what we're consuming, what mm-hmm. we're using mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's something we just have to not be idealistic about. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And when I say not be I- idealistic, I think we should be idealistic in terms of we should get to a point of self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. But we have to be realistic of the fact that we're not there yet and that it's going to take steps to have start laying out deliberate steps to get there. Yeah. So some people will hear that and say the realistic step is to go to school, get a job, work for a company, stack, mm-hmm. and in their mind, maybe one day give back to the black community mm-hmm. or along the way to do donations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know, I, again, struggle with that too. What is it? That, I think we need people to do that. Sure. I think we need people who can do that. Yeah. I think we need people who are athletes or celebrities who are making a lot of money, who are but like, who, who are not right? even that we're connected with them. Like they, that they're coming from our community at the mm-hmm. beginning. Mm-hmm. We're producing them and we're sending them into the world. Go, mm-hmm. you're talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
make your millions, but yeah. remember where where it needs to go back to. Like you know? Kanye West. I mean, like we've seen people get ate by the machine. It's that's, so that's, oiled machine. You even explained your own experience. Yeah. Almost going. I yeah, mean, yeah, going yeah, for sure. something similar. Yeah, I've seen in, I've so. seen school eat people alive. That's what the system yeah. is. The system, you take the, the bright, yeah. you take the brightest, you make them apply. Yeah. They beg to get in there, and once they get in there. They have to assimilate. They transfer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is for sure a dilemma. Man. It's what the system is built to do. It's yes. a colonial system. Yes, yes. it's built to colonize. It's mm -hmm. built to change. It's mm -hmm. built to assimilate. So often you hear people saying, "I'm gonna get into the system to change it," mm -hmm. but the system is already built for that. It's mm -hmm. already built to change you four mm -hmm. times before mm -hmm. you even have the power where you can start to change yeah. it. It's got room for your innovation. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's got room for your, the performance of yeah. your activism. Yeah, they'll even encourage you to like yeah. to be a rebel and that's whatever right, because right. they because the they system needs They make so many rebel rebellious movies right now. Mm -hmm. The system needs All the movies too. are rev revolutionary oh, yeah. movies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We watch it and we eat popcorn and we mm -hmm. go back to work. Like, mm -hmm. It's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, want to, they want to entertain the idea and feel good about the, the heroes. Right. right. And then you uh, do a whole podcast about uh, decoding the movie that's right, that's right, right, right how that's deep right, it is right, and what the right, meaning, hitting meanings right. are and right. then you know it's like I've done something revolutionary yeah, like, yeah. Oh, they man, go to Whole Foods and just eat dinner exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah, just eat your clone meat <laughs> right I mean they just make a, they, any subject any topic can have its consumer approach and then you just take the position of consumer and then it's, hey, then let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. And let's spend more money on it. We have this problem with our center. We, mm -hmm. Our classes, our initiation classes, they cost, man. People come mm -hmm. and pay money to sit in on class. They come every week. They're sacrificing their time. They've mm -hmm. even got their friends and family looking at them crazy because mm -hmm. they're like, what is this you're into? And then it's like the whole approach ends up being like the way it's like entertainment mm -hmm. at the end of the day, mm -hmm. you know? like uh something that's interesting but at the end of the day the level of transformation mm -hmm. that's really needed for us to like take take the next steps as a community mm -hmm. socially doing something big like people are they're not ready to invest in that level because not like the, the you know or even if it's interesting it's not worth the sacrifice mm -hmm. it's yeah, not worth the sacrifice it's not very interesting yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not more interesting than the paycheck it's not more interesting than the stability that the colonial life gives. But uh, in speaking about classes, I know in addition to writing a book for black men, uh, you also have a new project with curriculum in, in juvenile detention centers. For yes. Uh, so the books, I wrote a book and then realized that boys don't read books. They tell me adults like it, <laughs> right? The parents and mentors, they, mm -hmm. oh, this is dope. Mm -hmm. But then... They'll give it to the young man. And mm -hmm. it's it's yeah. Uncreased. Mm -hmm. Right, uncreased. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, um, so, it, so I, I, I turned it into a curriculum. So it's a, a so okay. like I call it a rites of passage mm -hmm. based mm -hmm. model where it's 12 units, um, multimedia clips. I'll be on TikTok and I'll be on Instagram just saving clips all day, just mm -hmm. trying to curate mm -hmm. conversations where by the end of the week one through 12, they've seen music, rap videos, podcast snippets of 50 or so black men mm -hmm. just talking about life, relationships, politics. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's designed to teach and also produce space to think and to feel and to reflect. Um, so I'm doing juvenile, it was born in juvenile detention centers. So mm -hmm. I had that young man in mind that hard to reach, 
programmed out. Mm-hmm. I walk in, the, 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 the facility says, oh, it's Dr. Cartman. They don't give a fuck. They just, you know, tune, tune me out immediately. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've always had to, to produce material that catches their attention, mm-hmm. provocative in a way that perks them up, mm-hmm. and then gets them to think, to talk, to develop their positions on things. Mm-hmm. A lot of young men are shrugging their shoulders. You ask them what you think. Black lives matter. It's not real simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're just so used to just scrolling all day. It's just not in their world. Yeah. Um, so, just trying to try. The, the 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 real goal is to weaponize them, politicize them, mm-hmm. to take the aggression, the power, the strength, the genius that they have, and direct that towards the struggle. The struggle. Because mm-hmm. a lot of them, once you put it to them. Like, once you explain to them that they have been played, mm-hmm. they fell for an okie doke, that even when they felt the most powerful, they were being, there was a puppeteer. Mm-hmm. Like, and men don't like that feeling, but mm-hmm. they just don't, they don't, they yeah. don't see it. Like, but once I could point it to them, it takes a little bit to, like, I can spell it out. Like I said, this is what the system looked like, this is what it did. We are in this this building right now that's mm-hmm. profiting off of your body, mm-hmm. and it will, it's designed for you to keep rotating back there. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever things that you liked, whatever things that you thought felt good or made you feel powerful, those things were part of a machinery mm-hmm. designed to keep them on top and you on the bottom. Mm-hmm. So if I can get them to say that you losing, we losing bad, mm-hmm. then I can then begin to, to build up opportunities for them to, in their own way, try to at least fight back. And what so that's been the whole thing. Where, where have you found the success? Is it, have you found more success in getting them to see I'm losing or getting them to see we losing? Um, they see it. To get them to see it is, is easy. But is it a I or is it a we? It's a we. They get to see we. And then they see we. They already know they losing because they in prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they get to see that we losing. And um, they, but it, it's hard. The, the next step is hard. Mm-hmm. Getting them to care. Getting them to do something to else. Weaponize about it. them to protect the we. Yeah. And build up the we. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, they don't really see. They have not been supported themselves mm-hmm. by the we. Mm-hmm. And so to turn them into Fred Hampton mm-hmm. is a leap. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them get it, some of them want to, but the other problem is that once they leave, they go back right back to right. the right race. That and I imagine from. that's a big hurdle to jump because if, mm-hmm. if the we practically yeah. is the source of your trauma, that's the right. source that's of your right. isolation, the yeah. source of your pain, that's and right. now I'm supposed to protect the we that's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. theoretical mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. just mainly based on what skin color, mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. how to do that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's heavy, yeah. that's, that's tough. So, how can our viewers, our listeners, uh, support your efforts and what you're doing? Um, you can like and follow, subscribe. I don't know who's what we doing these days. Instagram on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, website, sign up on the West, uh, email list. We'll we'll put all that in the, in the description um, as well. All the all those links and stuff. But if you're in the city, reach out. Like I'm always looking for collaborations. Mm-hmm. Always looking for opportunities to. Bring the curriculum spaces. Mm-hmm. Love people buy boxes of books, take them to schools, do book clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, I want the curriculum to be something that people take and make their own, and mm-hmm. I don't want to have to be in the room all the time. Right. I want it to be something that lives and breathes. Sparks um, the fire. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a second book about black spirituality. So, if you're looking for something around um, Ifa and Yoruba systems and practical application of ancient wisdom, that's mm-hmm. something that. I've Spend my time thinking and working on. Mm-hmm. Could you could you say something about that, especially in terms of since we're here talking about in this conversation, which I don't think we mentioned yet, but it's supposed to be around health and specifically mental health, psychological mm-hmm. health. But where does your um, 
your spirituality or let's say where where do you use spirituality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe to first support your own mental health and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. you know by extension the work that you're doing to help others yeah um we were talking about trauma earlier my understanding of what the trauma that happened to us included a complete obliteration of the way of being that we held for centuries mm-hmm. that included drums and dance as, as a ritualistic thing but also mm-hmm. conceptualization of the universe mm-hmm. and the understanding of our alignment with those forces that created God and protect us mm-hmm. and so when I think about spiritual warfare um, which for me is different than psychological yeah. warfare it's like a tactic like mm-hmm. just a white Jesus the image and the idea of the voodoo is bad. Like, those are tricks in the mind. Right. But I believe the white people engage in spiritual warfare where they sacrifice mm-hmm. bodies, mm-hmm. right, to appease malevolent entities that, are doing. that manifest in mm-hmm. institutions like COINTELPRO or mm-hmm. the government or mm-hmm. the police. Mm-hmm. I think those things are, are fueled by demonic entities Mm -hmm. and so until we learn relearn those practices rituals those understandings of the spiritual nature of this health and healing fight Mm -hmm. then we gonna we gonna always lose not not for human sacrifice though yeah the technical science (laughs) right let's let's clarify (laughs) until we learn the technical sciences that all of those things are a part of whether you use them or not is because of what you after and what principles you follow in that technical science we will keep failing which i think they are doing human sacrifice Oh yeah, no. yeah, he's yeah, yeah. He, he's yeah. not arguing with that. He's okay. saying we're not learning it in order to now compete human oh, sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not necessarily suggesting that. No. But definitely, <laughs> you know, and for our <laughs> listeners, leave that alone. <laughs> for, for our listeners who are hearing that, it just takes a trip to the continent to the slave coasts where we were, where our ancestors were taken from. Uh, and you can go and see the places where ceremonies were done on the people leaving to break their spirituality mm-hmm. before they got on the boat. Mm-hmm. Like it's all very, mm-hmm. it's all very clear. So the science was used against mm-hmm. the people that came here. Yeah. And then one thing people don't really understand is that when we talk about power, there's only one type of power. It's just that Africa is known and was known in world history because it learned how to wield that power mm. and then now in the white world or in the european world now you see them trying to get on board with that and now they try to copy what was being done in african spirituality to wield that power to understand that power to align with it in secret societies and things like that mm-hmm. the masons the royalty so of course so, so without on. principles that maybe keep you from going far beyond out principles that restrain you from like dropping nuclear bombs on people yeah. mm-hmm. then you're going to go as far as you need to sacrifice whatever you need to to, mm-hmm. to make the most powerful sacrifice mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. but what what I'm saying is that and w- to piggyback on what you're saying is the importance of relearning that science so mm-hmm. you even know what you're up against you even know what's happening to you you even know how you actually are fitting in the world and the energies of the world mm-hmm. if we're not learning that science we already lose and we mm-hmm. choose to lose because mm-hmm. whether we like it or not whether we're afraid of it or not whether we want to believe it or not other people are using mm-hmm. that science mm-hmm. and it's working and it's working against us mm-hmm. right now yeah yeah
Definitely. Okay. So we'll look out for that book. How, yeah. We have a, a projection of when it might be ready. Uh, maybe March. I'm trying to get it. My birthday is March 28th. I'm trying to be down by March 28th. Okay. okay. My brother's birthday is March 28th. And maybe I'm your brother. You're a 2,000 brothers. My other brother. My, my, my brother, same mother, same father. Uh, yeah, March 28th. Nice. It was a pleasure having you on. That's a pleasure. Yeah, that was good. I almost want to wish for another technical issue. No, I, I, I just want to make a. I just want to make a public service announcement. Okay. okay. Yesterday we were at this Kwanzaa event and they were talking about my garb. They were like, "I, I love your garb. Nice garb. Yeah. You know, because I wear traditional African garb." I'm like. Is this a costume? Yeah. This is I could wear this. It's not just because it's Kwanzaa. Yeah, I'm wearing yeah, this. Yeah, this is just yeah. my clothes. Like yeah. half of my clothes is African yeah. clothes. You know what I mean? Right. It's something I can wear anytime because I like to wear it. Mm -hmm. It's clothes. I think we need to stop referring to it as garb because that almost puts it in a category like mm -hmm. it's not normal to wear. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The button up, like a shirt collar is normal yeah and like special. for me that's garb yeah. like that's, that's what right, 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 right. put it on the monkey we should call that garb that's we call right. the monkey garb because that's the thing you know people are going to speak the language they speak mm -hmm. yeah. and for that person who said it it probably is abnormal yeah that person spoke from where they are the point you're making is heard and no, everyone who came and talked to me about my clothes they referred to it as garb yeah that's the whole point every yeah. i mean it's just an yeah. expression of our psychological crisis that we in yeah. what belongs to us is abnormal what yeah, belongs yeah, to yeah, us yeah, yeah. i need yeah. special words for it because yeah. i don't know it i'm not right. familiar yeah. and uh -huh. i'm not who's the first person somebody like found that word definitely and applied it just the to main thing i don't like about it is how you find a word that starts garbage to talk mm -hmm. about my mind. That's right, that's right. Right. <laughs> right. It's the first syllable exactly. in garbage. Yeah, so. Yeah. No, monkey suit is garb. No, no. Yeah, that's it. We starting to hear. Service announcement. Right. Declaration. Hashtag garb monkey suit. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you. No, appreciate you. Right. Yeah, thanks, brother. Yeah. Great interview, right? Yes. Good interview. Great interview. Uh, and it was, it really hit me because I grew up listening, watching a lot of the people he was watching, like Naeem Akbar, uh, Anthony Browder, people that were writing in, not so much Anthony Browder, but people that were writing in the psychological field about black people and what we're suffering from having been through the collective history that we've had on this side of the world. Um, and I even, was interested in going into psychology when I got to college mm. for that very reason. But just like he mentioned, you get there and you see this is all based on white society, European culture, European uh, Freud and all of this. And you like, they don't know what they're doing with people's minds. I, right. For me, I, it caused fear in me. Like, mm. I was like, no, this is what we trying to equip ourselves with to go help people with in their mental frames. Like, even as a young person, I was like, no, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> and I ran the other way. And even got to, he's even at the doctor level, but he's like, yeah, but the model that mental health is based on is one that's not really sustainable. He uses a different approach where he's bringing in, you know, ancestral culture, knowledge from his, his studies in order to kind of re-revolutionize that 
that field, which right now is dominated by Eurocentric. Yeah, it's every field out here that you end up being able to study in a school to go out and tell the world that you're accredited and that you're credentialed and stuff like that is coming from some, you know, some white people who had some ideas a couple hundred years ago. And uh, I don't think even if you were to put those ideas, you know, in the into mainstream society today and make a commercial about it or a TV show, you'd be like, what is this? Mm-hmm. But we still base in the scientific uh, fields based on those ideas. Everybody that pays for school has to go in and read all of that dead information that's coming from people that are no longer here, no longer. Even him, he was talking about his book. He said he had looked at it a while after he read it, and then he knew he had to rewrite it Mm -hmm. because he had outgrown the way he presented it. It's not necessarily changing the concepts, but the way even he presented it, he realized with his growth, it didn't do the concept the justice. He knew he could do it now. But now we have all of our youth going into colleges reading textbook of people that are no longer even here to be able to update the way they presented that concept is just dead information and then we think that's how you can now give life to people to be able to use their mind in a way that's relevant to what's happening now but you trap their mind already in ideas that are outdated but one thing I think is so very interesting when you look or think about like traditional concepts and traditional ways of approaching even mental health, it's still something that's very stable. It's time tested, it's proven to work, and it's like whether it worked 100 years ago or 5,000 years ago, the same methodologies and approach has been consistent. And that, to me, is, is something that's um, at least makes us have to think about everything traditional in a traditional way of, of looking at mental health and how we approach our lives um, like Makaru brought so much clarity when it comes to like depression and when he says like 98% of people are depressed it almost pulls a weight down because it's like if everybody has had a bout of depression or struggled with depression at some point in their lives it takes the stigma out of it and it's now let's approach it from a way well how did traditional people approach it mm-hmm. and, and let's model that mm-hmm. I think it's uh I think it's important to draw this comparison because on one side we're talking about ideas that are outdated uh, from the European philosophers and scientists and pioneers of modern sciences and stuff, but on the other side we're talking about uh, traditions that are even more outdated, <laughs> or so to speak, that are even more. I should say, I'm, I'm using the word kind of facetiously because mm-hmm. that's how people could consider this one is 200 years old and this one is 5,000 years old to 20,000 years old, whatever. Which one is which one is outdated? And, really? and it's because of the simplicity of the approach. It's it does not have to alter or deviate because it's outdated now. And to me, that's where the Euro Eurocentric um, ideologies get outdated. They have to be refreshed. They have to be revamped in order to fit like the modern human being. But a human being is a human being. And if everybody has a challenge and you approach it consistently, then you should get similar results. And that's where it's like, when we what we see now is we have to keep reshaping and rechanging things to fit this new crazy world that we live in.
There's some, I was going to say, there's some things that cut to the heart of what a human being is and what our life is, what, what our reality as a human being is. And um, that is something that goes very deep. But then you have other people who are targeting things that's based on a kind of a super superficial interpretation of things that's happening contemporary contemporaneously mm-hmm. uh, but um, the other part is when we talk about traditions are something that's alive right traditions are alive so you can go talk to people who have inherited traditions that are something that's based on something that's very old but is still adapting to the modern times sure. is still aware of what's happening in the world right now and how it relates tradition really has that advantage versus because you can take the same African tradition and say okay someone wrote about this 200 years ago 500 years ago and it'll be hard to apply it to today because they're they're writing about something that they right. saw and experienced 200 years ago exactly there's a difference between the writings about even the African tradition from 500 years ago versus finding that tradition alive in its living descendant where that tradition lives. And now what that living descendant with the same blood of those people that were doing it in the book is now doing with the same heritage that was on those people inside of himself to now make that the, the power, the knowledge of that heritage be available to his community that's where it's living that's the difference between living tradition the initiation and you know how this huge heritage is alive in the in the descendants of the people that are using it now versus how a textbook stays where it is mm-hmm. and that's really a major difference in you know uh, traditional society and modern uh, traditional education modern education how education is passed down, how heritage is passed down. If you pass down a heritage through books, then it's already outdated mm-hmm. when the person receives it. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, traditional education follows oral traditions, which is passed from mouth to ear. So each person hearing it is going to take the principles of it, but then adapt it to what's happening right. in the world right now. There may be their own experiences that they can relate to. Yeah. Um, and you can see that even, um, like I was saying, what was really powerful for me is to see the intelligence of this brother who had even studied psychology as far as you can take it in the modern system. And he got whatever he got from that. And now he even has, like uh, Dr. Dulaney used to say, the keys to sit in the rooms with everybody now. But he can see that, okay, but I also need some living stuff. Mm-hmm. And now even what, how he uses rhythm in his professionalism, how he uses spirituality in his professionalism is all just a testament to um, his intelligence and his uh, really his commitment to the black community for not just being like, okay, this is the, uh, this is the, um, what's the word? Like the way they say we should do it, according to university, according to how you get successful, how you become rich, 
but that's not necessarily going to work for my people. So right. let me go out and investigate I mean, and make sure that I keep my hands dirty on how I can actually affect my people and make positive change for them. Instead of seeing how you can go use your fame to go sleep with the Kardashian. Yes, you are really about that today. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was a great, it was a great interview. Um, and for those of you, because I know there are many people out there suffering from mental health issues, suffering from uh, psychological um, issues, psychological traumas, and all of that. Uh, in addition to the community approach that Obari has taken and. Um, that he presented in the episode, we also just have to point back to some of those powerful traditions that we have access through, through to through um, in Chicago, through Alcosta, mm-hmm. uh, because there are a lot of um, not only herbs for psychological issues like depression and schizophrenia and things like that, but more importantly, like we brought up in the interview, in other languages, the same word for mind is the same word for spirit and when you understand that then you understand that your psychological issues your mental issues you're facing have spiritual roots have spiritual uh, causes and with the opportunity to uh, benefit from some of those original sciences coming from uh, black culture and, and traditional Africa, like earth energy readings, Duancasta, it's a big, big opportunity for us to really start to get at the source of some of these psychological diseases that are running through our generation, from generation to generation, and not being able to really scratch at the source with any kind of uh, uh, psychiatric uh, medicine or any kind of um, modern day therapy you really have an opportunity to start to approach the source of those issues with earth energy readings so I do want to mention that we'll make sure to share the link in the description yeah with the individualized society that we're in we, it's hard for us to think about or conceptualize things affecting us that have been passed down generationally through our parents and it's even harder for us to conceptualize something that's affecting us mentally, physically, psychologically, however you want to put it. Um, that's not, not even a physical thing. The, the, the non-physical existence is literally a whole world that uh, some people have given generations of uh, efforts to understand and research and document and figure out and uh, not only to understand the characteristics of it but how to interact with it. I mean you can think about how now you have these deep sea divers going to the bottom of the ocean and discovering different type of sea creatures and stuff that we never knew about. Mm -hmm. It's the same kind of situation. It's not just like hocus pocus or, uh, or belief uh, situation. It's like a whole world to discover that we have no understanding of, and yet it affects our lives on so many different levels. But um, yeah, with, through the services of Ancasta, even if we don't have the strongest understanding ourselves, we can at least benefit from the knowledge that others have uh, gained through their efforts. And that's a great example too, because a person can stand on the shore 
and then say, you're talking about creatures at the bottom of the ocean? I don't see no creatures. That's all, you know, hoopla. But that would be their uh, uh, primitiveness or ignorance mm-hmm. in speaking like that because all it took is that person to put the effort forth and then go deep sea diving and see that no there's stuff down there there's a whole world down there. Mm. that's the same way that modern science looks when they say no we can't talk about the invisible if i can't see with my microscope it doesn't exist but many generations on every continent has already done the work to see that oh the invisible world is a technical field we can figure out we can discover we can see how the, how the principles of that world but we in the modern world continue to sit here in our ignorance and then close our eyes to the fact that it's there and it influences us. We can see that ignorance being really a main factor on why these modern sciences are so limited in how much they're able to dig deep into a human reality because you know, if you talk about a human reality without talking about the non-physical aspect, it's like saying a living human being is the same thing as a corpse because of what, what, what will be the difference if not for the non-physical essence that's animating the human being. And that's the point. <clears throat> I think that's the point of uh, uh, our episode today and the work that Obar is doing because as fathers, as mothers out here, we need to make sure that there's a difference between our children and a corpse. We can't keep living the same way we live in where too many people get sucked into self-destruction or destruction and then we're just seeing, you know, what we don't want to see for our, our youth out here. So, uh, Obar is doing some great work. Um, there are a lot of people doing great work and there are a lot of great traditions still standing where you can look into, you can investigate, you can reach towards to make sure to prevent that self-destruction from coming and really attaching itself or allowing your line and your family to fall into that self-destructive cycle. So uh, we really hope that this episode uh, impacted you, influenced you, and gives you some new ways of looking at approaching the problems we face in Chicago. We've got the kids here now, so I think it's a good time to go ahead and cut. Anywhere the kids are. That's the sunny side. So we will see you next time. Yeah, so we got to go to the It might get loud, but it's still the sunny <laughs> All right. Life can be so sweet on the sunny side of the street.